Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. It's Wednesday evening. I hope you're doing well. Right now I'm actually recording from my parents' basement. I uh, decided to come pay them a visit, watch a little, uh, watch a little Dynamite with them tonight, uh, and uh, just to spend some time with them. Um, me and my uh, parents, we used to, well, more my mom than my dad uh my dad is he he would watch with me when i was younger watching the attitude era and stuff like that but uh my mom still will keep tabs on dynamite so i'm over here to watch with them tonight uh, just to uh spend some time with them and uh if in case you're wondering she is a big john moxley fan so that's that's her go-to that's her number one so i'm here right now i'm in my old bedroom actually and i can see the wrestling books stacked on the wall uh there's the death of wcw over there and also the death of the territories so those go hand in hand and uh, right next to it are just a stack of old vhs tapes so i'm actually when i get time after this i'll go digging through uh one of my boxes i still have here and uh, grab uh, some pictures of uh just some stuff that i have in there and i'll throw it up on the timeline at at some point but uh nonetheless back with another episode grain maker wrestling podcast we're here we're doing it so before we uh get into today's episode this is the first chance i've had to have first chance i've had to talk about this and that's the return of wpw winnipeg pro wrestling back to doing live shows and you know what i am incredibly excited for this i i grabbed my ticket the the day the afternoon they went on sale a few weeks back and uh in case you are living under a rock and you don't know what's going on winnipeg pro wrestling is back with another show this is their first one since before the uh before the pandemic hit they they were waiting they were biding their time going to make sure they're doing everything right you know the double vax all that sort of stuff following the proper uh rules and regulations um so here's the details Thursday, January 13th, 2022, WPW, Look Who's Wrestling, finally. It's coming from the West End Cultural Center, and uh, we're going to do a little rundown of who to expect on the card because I'm very stoked, and it's not even all the names announced yet. That's the best thing about it. You've got an incredible lineup so far, and they're going to be bringing even more to the table. So, so far, here's what we got, okay? You have the return of PCO, Josh Alexander, that's Impact's own Josh Alexander. He just finished tearing it up uh, with Jonah on the last little uh, last little Impact. Him and Jonah had a little run-in together. So Jonah Rock, we're all familiar with him, the former Bronson Reed. So Josh Alexander, Blair Onyx, and Free Range Kara. Okay, now we also have the first title defense for the WPW champion, AJ Sanchez, former guest of the show, friend of the show, AJ Sanchez. Now, we also have some debuts, and this is what I am very stoked for. That's your first stoked of the episode. We have the WPW debuts of Storm Grayson, Brooke Valentine, Damon Spriggle, and Badger Briggs. Now, already that is a fucking stacked lineup for a show in Winnipeg, and I can't wait. I'm stoked to see, uh, that's number two. I'm very stoked for uh, Badger Briggs and Damon Spriggle to make their... uh, winnipeg debuts and who knows who else is going to be here so make sure you stay stay tuned to uh the wpw twitter and i will make sure i retweet out everything uh it was just announced earlier today that the wpw women's championship will actually be unveiled at january 13th at the show and i mean You've seen the the incredible talents that WPW has brought in. So they are just solidifying their space for pro wrestling in Winnipeg with the debuting WPW Women's Championship. Very awesome. Very happy about that. And it's very exciting times just to see who they're going to bring in and just to have them putting on shows again. It's two weeks after the PCW show that's coming up, January 1st. Tickets are on sale for that. And I should say, 
there's only a handful of tickets left for this WPW show. So if you don't have yours yet, make sure you go out and grab it because don't wait till the last minute. They are going to be gone and you don't want to miss this show. It's going to be great. But so that's WPW. Today, I was joined by a special guest. It's someone I've known for many years and, you know, got to spend time with him out uh, in summer of 2019 out in Toronto uh, watching NXT together and uh, for SummerSlam weekend. And he is uh, part of the wrestling scene out in Vancouver. He does play-by-play for NEW. Uh, NEW has come onto the scene, guns a-blazing, putting on some fantastic shows. I know I've tweeted them out and you might be familiar with them too last week's guest judas icarus he is a big part of wpw so nonetheless justin morissette from new play-by-play he's the host of wrestle central he stops by talks about the uh, vancouver scene talks about new how it all came to be and what they're doing out there and just what you can come to expect uh i'm hoping that a lot of the wrestlers that we do see on new uh Judas Icarus, Travis Williams, and so many more eventually will make their way out to Winnipeg and uh, be able to be on some of the shows here. But without further ado, let's go right to it on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Justin Morissette. Joining me today, he is the host of Wrestle Central, and more notably, he is the play-by-play for NEW out in Vancouver, Justin Morissette. Justin, how's it going? Oh, Blair, my my man. Thank you. Praise be to Blair. Thank you, Blair, for having me on the show. Uh, it's just uh, a pleasure to talk pro wrestling in any context, but especially with uh, with one of the most knowledgeable people I know about the business and uh, one oh. of the one of the best guys you can talk to about anything. What a sweetheart you are! I, I appreciate that. You know, and everyone listening now, you you missed the half hour conversation we just had about Survivor Series, and <laughs> complaining about booking, but it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not have gone as in-depth if I had known the show had not started yet, so I apologize. But we had fun with it, so that, that'll be in the, uh, maybe the best of uh, bloopers, we'll put the, I'll put that out later on this year, and uh, you, you got, everyone can tune in for that. Perfect, yeah, we'll make something of it. I, know, I knew you were recording, which is why I was like, I'm going to go off, here we go. He was just <laughs> dropping the heat, too. Yeah, I got me in. I got I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of opinions on New York right now. <laughs> put it that way. Well, let's. We don't want to talk about the bad, but we, what we do want to talk about the good, and that's NEW and what they're doing. But before we get into that, let's talk about your introduction to independent wrestling. Most most notably, out in Vancouver. Uh, it started for me with uh, ECCW, which is. Uh, you know, kind of ironically, I guess, uh, the promotion that NEW has sort of risen up to replace here in the market. Uh, and I think if you're an independent wrestling fan out on the West Coast, it's a similar story for a lot of people. ECCW was the company. They were putting on these shows, uh, these ballroom brawls uh, mm-hmm. twice a year. Um, I think it might have been once a year to start or it doesn't matter. Regardless, biannually, they were putting on massive shows at one of the best venues in the city bringing in independent names when i first started going the one that had happened before that i'd heard about but but hadn't been able to make it out to colt cabana was like the fly-in talent that they had for that show Mm -hmm. uh i don't know who was the big attraction for the show that i actually went to which was uh, ballroom brawl four and then i never missed a ballroom brawl after that because Mm -hmm. uh that was one of my first live experiences period i was a big fan of the business when I was a kid and, uh, you know, into my early teens, maybe, but definitely like 10, 11, 12 around that age. Um, But my parents hated it. So I was never allowed to go to shows. My parents were never going to spend any amount of money on anything wrestling related. I had if I wanted to buy uh, Smackdown for PlayStation, I would have to like make raise the money myself through like chores and mowing lawns (laughs) and all that and then go buy it myself but not just that Blair I would then have to keep it a secret because it was not allowed in the house my Mm. mother would have no tolerance of wrestling related video games so I was only allowed to play it during the two-hour window between three and five o'clock getting home from school before my parents got home from work then I would hide it in my room and if it was ever discovered like if I just left it sitting out in the living in the tv area 
and it was found by someone, I'd have to be like, it would be like if I was discovered holding drugs. I'd be like, oh, no, no, I swear that's not mine. A friend lent me that. I'm just holding it for a friend. It's my friend. Don't, don't, please don't get rid of it. I swear it's not mine. Um, So that is kind of the household that I came up in. And I remember at the time uh, in 2000, New Blood Rising, uh, Mm -hmm. one of the worst pay-per-views of all time, you know, towards the, the end, the death knell of WCW went down at Pacific Coliseum and WCW was so unpopular at the time. The show was selling so terribly. I'm pretty sure that if you went to the PE, our big, you know, fair and uh, amusement park here in Vancouver during that day, there were like WCW producers going around the fair, papering the event and handing really? out tickets for free. But I remember hearing on the radio that you could get seats for 10 bucks. And mm-hmm. I was never a WCW guy, but you put a pay-per-view in my city and you tell me the tickets are $10. I desperately wanted to go to that so bad. I begged and pleaded with my folks. I was 13 years old at the time and was told no chance, no dice, not, not a chance in hell as mm-hmm. it were. So my first live event was a house show in Abbotsford at 24 in 2014, uh, where like we got to see like the, the preacher era of new day, mm-hmm. uh, take on like the Lucha dragons. There was that kind of era of yeah. WWE. I don't even remember who was in the main event, to tell you the truth. It might have been Roman Reigns versus Kane, something like that. Um, But yeah, I just uh, that was my first live event, period. And then a few months later, I went to Ballroom Brawl 4 and had front row seats. Nice. And I, I know that you know this, and I'm sure that all your listeners know this. But to go to a show and to go to an indie show front row is a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. It's like, I always tell people, even if you are not a wrestling fan, I'm trying to make the case to uh, my lady friend at the moment, that I know that (laughs) you're not the biggest fan of the business. You'll grin and bear it on occasion, but you got to come with me front row to one of these like rickshaw shows here in the city right now, for example, because when you're that close to it, it's this pure spectacle. And for me personally, I can't imagine having more fun than being front row for an independent wrestling show. Um, and so, yeah, that was my introduction. ECCW Ballroom Brawl 4. Artemis Spencer uh, won the main event of that show. It was a four-way ladder match to unite the titles, the ECCW World Championship and the NWA Canadian Championship. And in that match was Nicole Matthews, Artemis Spencer, Billy Suede, and Ethan HD. So three of the four pillars of the Lionsgate Dojo in that main event, plus a great Pacific Northwest wrestler in Ethan HD, who I hope to see again soon now that the borders are reopening, because that guy is is really quite something as well. Uh, but I fell in love. I fell in love with independent wrestling and going to the shows locally. And I fell in love with uh, the talent of Artemis Spencer, who I think is Still to this day, one of the best kept secrets in all of independent wrestling. He was finally starting to take off before the pandemic. He was in the last bowl, uh, I think, uh, down south and had some great matches with John Gresham, I'm pretty sure. Um, So people were sort of finally cluing in on this guy. And then obviously the pandemic kind of kiboshed all that uh, travel and whatnot. But, you know, here in Vancouver, we've known about Artemis Spencer for almost a decade now, if not longer, people have been hip to how good this guy is. And when you see a talent like that, someone that you can immediately identify as like, well, that guy should be on NXT right now. You know, like that guy is going to be on television for some company. And, you know, you, you watch it come true right now with El Fantasma, who's working with Impact. And I think is, you know, talented enough that he could definitely be in any company that he wanted to be in, basically. Um, you know, to, to watch that happened the bollywood boys as well were definitely on that ballroom brawl four show that i was on when you see those guys make the jump um not only is it encouraging to the entire scene out here where you know the guys who are contemporaries of these talents watching them make that leap well when one vancouver talent gets in the door somewhere someone in wwe or someone in AEW or someone in impact or someone in the njpw or anywhere that they go is going to be like, hey, you know anybody else uh, from there that you might want to 
and you see these doors start to open for these guys. You know, Kyle O'Reilly, I think, is a great example of someone who came out of the scene before I started following the Vancouver independent wrestling mm-hmm. scene. I got to catch Kyle's final, I think, independent match before he signed with NXT. He was the surprise main event competitor against El Fantasmo at surprise, surprise, another ballroom brawl. I believe that was ballroom brawl eight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, I just like, I remember seeing that match, El Fantasmo versus Kyle O'Reilly as a surprise opponent and feeling this like swell of civic pride, civic sports pride mm-hmm. that I had not felt in my city since the 2011 Vancouver Canucks Stanley Cup playoff run to the final. And I sometimes wonder what the current state of the Canucks that I might never feel again, you know, <laughs> and to get that feeling from wrestling of just being so fucking proud of where you come from mm-hmm. because of the two talents that you're seeing wrestle in front of you. I think that's a really powerful thing. And it's it's hard to give up, you know, when you catch the bug. I, I'm sure you've caught it, too. Well, it, you know, it, you it's, just get hooked. It's funny you say that, because, I mean, that's your experience in Van, uh, out west in Vancouver and mine being from Winnipeg, you know, going to the local shows and seeing someone of the status of Kenny Omega come back and wrestle in front of a crowd of, you know, a hundred people doing that, being from the same hometown as, you know, Chris Jericho, you know, Roddy Piper was born here, Don Callis from Winnipeg, you know, he might not have the wrestling pedigree as some of the others, but there's no doubt that he's an influential name in wrestling today. And, you know, some say, you know, indirectly helped, bring AEW together with the Jericho Omega match out in New Japan. So, I mean, Winnipeg, you see all those names come from Winnipeg and it really, it warms your heart. So I definitely know what you're talking about with this. And I'm sure that there's guys in Winnipeg who are wrestlers who you've probably interviewed countless times on this show who look at those guys and are inspired by them to have even started in the business at all and feel like there is a way forward, that there Mm -hmm. is a path to the big time, which can often just feel impossible, you know, uh, that, that there's just no way to accomplish your dream. Well, if Kenny could do it and if Jericho could do it and they're in the same place that I was fucking, why not? You know, exactly. like, uh, it's, it, it, it is inspiring. Even, even as someone who's not from Winnipeg, you know, we, I, I love, I love watching Canadians succeed yep. on the grand stage. I think there's something uniquely Canadian about that. I don't think that Americans look at someone and they're like, oh, because he's American, I'm so invested in him yeah. or whatever. Uh, we, we're very precious about uh, the people who who go on to uh, achieve massive success here in this country. But there's something very sweet and pure about it, too. And I, I, I love it. Definitely. So let's talk about NEW. How did NEW come to be? That's a that's a very interesting question. I don't know if you touched on this with uh, Judas Icarus a couple of weeks ago as well, but essentially ECCW had been the dominant company, not just in Vancouver, but like right across the province of British Columbia. Um, they were putting on shows in the interior and all sorts of things They were traveling around and uh, playing, you know, veterans halls and so on, et cetera, in a number of different towns across the province. Uh, they were kind of um, dismantled a little bit during the speaking out movement. Uh, a lot of allegations, a lot of troubling allegations coming out against members of their management group and specifically, you know, uh, just fostering a toxic work environment for not just like the uh, volunteers and people working uh, events as, you know, security or, or you know, doing any kind of, you know, there's a, there's a ton of people who, want to be involved in wrestling because why wouldn't you it's you know if you love this thing you want to be a part of it even if you're not a wrestler uh and they had stories basically saying like especially if they were women uh that they were like serially harassed by a senior management member of the company and there was no way that the the big boss did not know that these things were happening because the complaints would have gone directly to him you're fostering a toxic work environment that also feels toxic to a number of the wrestlers working in the company as well, because they know these things are happening and they don't really want to be a party to it. But also this is the company that's booking the Commodore. This is the company that's running these huge shows. If you want to be somebody in this province, you need to work for this company. Um, And so uh, they were kind of torched by uh, the allegations that came out during uh, that period last summer 
uh, speaking out. And I don't, you know, I don't mean to speak glibly about it. I took, I took all those allegations very seriously. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as someone who had platformed uh, a number of senior people from that company on my radio show, I felt horrible about giving those people the opportunity to, you know, get their message out when, you know, they're using you as a, as a media springboard and, and you're looking up to them as, you know, a senior wrestling person in, in the city being like, well, I'm, I, you know, not to, I was getting free entrance to those shows to go backstage and do interviews for my radio show Mm -hmm. with the understanding that I'm promoting their shows every time I do that. Right. Uh, And I felt great building that relationship and like, I'm finally finding a foothold here as a wrestling media person, which is a obviously niche corner that's not being explored by a number of other people in sports <laughs> media here in this city. I felt like things were going amazingly. I was so happy to give them the, the platform and have them come on and promote their shows and all that stuff. You hear these things and it's just suddenly like I, I feel like a fool. I've been taken yeah. for a ride by, uh, you know, people who are not who they appeared to be to me anyways. Um, and and the thing that really was heartening during that whole process was how many people uh, who were involved in that company, prominently involved, the champion of the company saw what was going on, saw the stories that were coming out and decided enough. I don't, I, I will never work for this promotion again. You know, a guy like Travis Williams was ECCW champion. He abdicated or, uh, you know, dropped the belt and said, I'm done with this company. You'll never see me here again. And uh, that just left kind of a whole roster worth of incredible talent here in this city that suddenly had nowhere to really work necessarily. And NEW was actually founded by accident. Uh, Rob Fay is our uh, president and CEO. And, uh, you know, his business partner, Chris Perry, who's uh, part of Equity Guru Co or something like that. Uh, Equity Guru. I just don't know what the extension is. So. <laughs> Sorry, uh, sorry, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Rob Fay and Chris Perry are the head honchos of of NEW, but they set out initially to make a documentary. They wanted to put a spotlight on the real stories of the people who make up the wrestling scene in Vancouver and kind of tell the tale of what it's like to be an independent wrestler and also just put a spotlight on a burgeoning wrestling market. And I really cannot stress enough how hot wrestling was across the board in Vancouver right before the pandemic. You had uh, WWE finally, finally bring television back to Vancouver Mm -hmm. for the first time in something like 14, 15. I think it was the first time we'd hosted television in maybe 17 years, something that. Yeah, 17 years. Mm -hmm. We had a Raw in 2003, and that was the last time that wwe did tv in vancouver until the valentine's day smackdown in 2020 that show sold out and vancouver not only did it sell out vancouver gave wwe if you discount stadium shows if you remove baseball stadium shows like the royal rumble and wrestlemania and you know you don't count uh saudi arabia either that vancouver crowd that attendance figure was the biggest audience that wwe had had in an arena in years we outdrew the smackdown live debut on fox in los angeles that is how on on valentine's day do you know how hard of a sell it is <laughs> to talk to wife or girlfriend oh yeah sweetie it's the most romantic day of the year we're gonna go to smackdown please come mm-hmm. with me that is an incredible feat and uh eccw was just on the cusp of announcing a monthly downtown show uh, on Main Street at the time as well. It just felt like there was so much steam. These shows were selling out constantly. There was so much excitement around the product. Uh, you know, they wanted to put a spotlight on that with this documentary mm-hmm. that they were putting together and then suddenly realized, well, we don't have the rights to feature any footage from, you know, ECCW, from the, the matches that these people have had in the past. So we need B-roll. We need, we're putting a documentary together here. It can't just be talking head, sit down interviews. You need footage of matches. You need footage of fans reacting. You need footage of all the things that go into a wrestling show and being a wrestler. And so to do that, they decided, well, let's let's put on a show and film it. And that will be supplemental footage for our documentary. And then suddenly that show sold out mm-hmm. and people were rabid for more and the, those two guys just kind of looked at each other and were like, well, I guess we're running a wrestling company now. 
because there's a power vacuum here and there's clearly a demand for a product that somebody needs to provide. Why shouldn't it be us? And they partnered uh, with the Lionsgate Dojo, which I think is a big reason why the scene is burgeoning here as well. I'm not sure if if Icky talked about that a couple of weeks ago. He probably did. Uh, not much. Okay, well, I mentioned... We, we did get three. into some of the other promotions in BC. And I mean, I do want you to speak on how NEW different you know is different from you know 365 or even defy which is just south of you but uh, go ahead uh well you know uh, a lot of the and i hate to call them old guard because they're basically the same age as me uh (laughs) but the people who've been wrestling since they were 16 years old who are now in their early 30s are you know you don't necessarily have to leave your hometown to make it as a wrestler uh in this case the, the four pillars of the Lionsgate Dojo are Nicole Matthews, Artemis Spencer, Tony Baroni, and Billy Suede. So a married couple and a tag team. <laughs> and those are the four people who decided let's start a school and anyone who wants to come train with us can have a tryout and we'll do classes every week and post when the classes are and you come out if you can make it, so on, etc. Mm-hmm. That has become a talent factory, basically. Mm-hmm. When NEW started up, uh, our first show back in September, there were all these people uh, slated and booked for the show who I'd never seen before. For example, uh, the Northern Star, Evan Rivers, who is someone who you're going to be hearing about, I think, uh, going forward in due time, because he's got a, a ton of potential. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just licking my chops right now at the thought of a <laughs> potential Artemis Spencer versus Evan Rivers one-on-one matchup at some point down the line because those two boys would put on a show, I assure you. But he is just one of many talents who has come out of the dojo and been trained by these uh, people. And, and you know, I would assume that as we are booking these shows and, and putting them on, that Rob Fay is in constant contact with our, our booking committee, which is basically Tony and Nicole and Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the coaches and the, the trainers of this talent are the ones who know who's ready and who can do what and what spots we should put them in and so on, et cetera. So they're basically booking their own students to do these things. And it's creating this really healthy, thriving scene where there are constantly new talents coming out. Yes, you have the, the older guard uh, of Artemis Spencer's and, and El Fantasmos and Kyle O'Reilly's, but you also have guys like Travis Williams and guys like Judas Icarus and guys like Elliot Tyler, who's formerly known as Beef Boy. Uh, you have this younger generation who you can see are going to be those guys uh, in you know five years or so and might already be in that rarefied air already this early in their careers with the talent that some of those guys have. So um, it's, it's just, you know, it's very, it's very exciting and you have all this talent available to you. And, uh, and yeah, man, we keep, uh, we keep kind of pushing the boundary as far as what people can expect from us. We, we brought in speedball Mike Bailey for the very first show, which I, to me is like one of the biggest gets you can get in this country, especially at a time when the borders were still closed. We put on a first time matchup. Never before seen Artemis Spencer versus Speedball Mike Bailey. How those two guys had never crossed paths in a ring before, I have no idea. But it's on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. NEW1, live from the gaming stadium in <laughs> Richmond, British Columbia. I strongly recommend you go back and watch it because, my God, they put on a show. Well, the venue for that first episode was absolutely incredible. It looked great with the uh, the windows at nighttime, you know, just the vibe from that. Like, I loved it. And, I mean my first experience watching NEW was that first episode and seeing Travis Williams and Judas, Judas Icarus in that first match, Travis Williams, I could not say enough great things about him. He is absolutely incredible in the ring. Well, those two guys also went on and put on a a one hour classic uh, on the Island about two weeks later, which I don't know if it's currently available on YouTube. I know it's screened on YouTube, but it may have been a live only Mm -hmm. uh, sort of showing uh for uh 365 over there in victoria the the yeah to me both of those guys the sky is the limit Mm -hmm. i would be i i hate to put pressure on anybody and say that you know keep keep your eyes on this one keep that name highlighted you're gonna see him uh 
in WWE or AEW, and hopefully not WWE, but you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> or you know, heck, if it's the local talent, then yes, I would be happy to see them anywhere. Just to see success contract and in the spotlight. Absolutely, I'm just kidding around. But uh, oh. to me, a guy like Judas Icarus, like he he could do anything. There's mm-hmm. there's no limit to what a, someone who is that talented can do in this industry. Now, what's the reception been like? You guys are two shows in. How how have the fans uh, responded to everything? Um, I it's still kind of uh, you know, I, I hate to say early stages of the post pandemic because in a lot of ways the pandemic's not over at all. No, uh, but you it is still sort of a situation where I feel like people are kind of pushing their comfort levels as far as if they're ready to go to a live event in some mm-hmm. ways. Um. So we sold out the gaming stadium in Richmond for the first show. And I'm glad you loved that venue. It is an esports arena. And there was another esports show going on in the building at the same time that night. But I'm pretty sure the building itself is a former car dealership. Okay. Because those bay windows, like to me, that is a room that is entirely designed to have like three cars sitting in it that face out onto the street mm-hmm. uh, but it worked perfect as a wrestling venue you're it right did. because we had a hard, a hardcore match at one point sebastian wolf and evan rivers who i was talking about earlier they took their match outside and evan had his face used as a squeegee basically <laughs> on the big window on the outside. it played perfectly it was outstanding it's a little small in terms of capacity mm-hmm. uh but there was clearly demand for it that room sold out and I don't I think it's a perfect home base to run shows out of because it's an esports venue. They already have uh, kind of a broadcast control room and everything to do a very professional, uh, you know, camera presentation for uh, a TV product or a web IPPV product, as the case may be. But in terms of seating capacity, I think we found that the demand for what we're doing is such that I don't know when we're going to go back there because, we went to uh, the game. We went from the gaming stadium to the Vancouver Convention Center for NEW2, mm-hmm. which we did not book on our own, to be clear. That was part of the Pinnacle, which is a massive esports tournament that happened at the convention center that weekend. Uh, we just kind of piggybacked off the gaming stadium again because that was their event. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, let's do a wrestling show on the Saturday night in the middle of that room. Why not? And it looks great. Uh, if you were to watch that product, it is also available on YouTube. I felt like there could have been more people in there, but I'm told that it, uh, it sold out apparently. So maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I'm really excited for what these next couple shows are going to look like. Cause we've got NEW three coming up uh, on November 27th, the Saturday and then December 2nd, it's a two part show at studio nightclub on Granville street here in Vancouver. And that is, I think going to really be maybe the first time we've seen bar wrestling on Granville street before I know Rob Fay had to go out and order a custom ring that's a little bit smaller than the typical ring dimensions so we could comfortably fit it into kind of like the karaoke stage area of the bar itself. Uh, but those the Saturday show is sold out, I'm sure, after it's done and it's a success. The Thursday show will sell out as well. Unfortunately, I don't know that there's going to be a web broadcast of those shows just because the venue is so small that I don't think we can fit a camera crew in. I know for sure we cannot fit a commentary table in. And I'm upset <laughs> because I have discovered after a decade of doing actual sports play by play that uh, wrestling commentary is the best thing you can possibly do uh because i get to i get to be a heel uh which i love being naturally anyways uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, not that i'm a bad person i think i have a metal plate in my leg that uh, might speak to the opposite <laughs> of that but uh but you know making people boo you as part of a show where they know that it's also part of the show that to me that was the appeal of wrestling to me even as a kid i think mm-hmm. on some level watching a triple h come out and uh or or even when the rock was heel and intentionally kind of prodding people in their in their pain points, but their superficial pain points. It's always about sports, right? It's the failure of your local sports team. It makes people furious. And they, you know, to just be booed like that and then that and be paid for it. That's your job. Oh my God. That sounds like the greatest thing. And yeah, I turned heel on the commentary table halfway through the last show mm-hmm. uh, because we had Billy Swade come over to the table during the tag team title match and say, You guys better be saying something good about us. And I knew that the two guys next to me on the table probably weren't going to. Mm-hmm. So 
I will. Why not? I just con- consciously made the decision halfway through that show. You know what? I'm a heel commentator. Now. <laughs> it was the greatest thing, man. It's the most fun in the world. And uh, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to do it again until NEW4, which is January 15th, when we make our debut at the Commodore Ballroom with a massive show uh, on the Granville Strip downtown Vancouver. Uh, but you know, it's, it is the most fun I could possibly have. And the fact that I get paid to do it, I can't believe my life sometimes. Well, what can the fans expect for these next two shows? Is NEW crowning their champion at this one? It is called the chase for the championship. We do have a tournament bracket in place. Uh, it'll be the opening round tournament matches on the Saturday night. And then the Thursday night show, uh, five days later, we will crown the inaugural NEW champion. And I hate to say that there won't be a webcast of it because it feels like it's a massive moment. Everybody Mm -hmm. should be able to see that. Uh, Maybe it will be taped and maybe it will be released without commentary. You can watch it that way, but, uh, uh, or hope maybe we can record some commentary after the fact I keep pushing for that uh, Mm -hmm. selfishly, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, no, we're bringing in some, uh, some talent uh, from Ontario even. Uh, I know that, uh, the white Russian, uh, I, I can't remember his name, Alexiev, some, something, uh, he, he, I saw him wrestle a few weeks ago at, um, at the rickshaw Halloween show, uh, a few weeks back and, uh, the golden gun Mark. Um, I, I feel bad that I'm forgetting these guys' names. Give me one second here. I think it's Anton Alexiev mm-hmm. is the, the white Russian. And let me just do a quick cursory search for the golden gun. Mark Wheeler is the other guy who's coming over from Ontario. Uh, got to see both of those guys work uh, for Cobra Kai at Rickshaw Wrestling a couple weeks ago. Both tremendously talented. And uh, it's just kind of exciting to see some new people that you haven't seen before. And the fact that there is a scene out here where, uh, you know, we can do uh, have people out from other parts of the country and there's shows that they can work in a circuit that they can work out here, whether that's with NEW or ASW or rickshaw wrestling or uh, glam slam, you know, there's, I know you were asking what, how is NEW different from uh, those other offerings? I think we have a bit more of a professional polish and it's more what you might expect if you're a fan of uh, wrestling on television, mm-hmm. where it's like, and I don't say this disparagingly at all. I absolutely love the rickshaw shows. But mm-hmm. there's there's kind of a carnival energy to them. Uh, you have Cobra Kai, who's the head booker of the company, is is your uh, MC for the evening. And he's just wandering around the venue like a carnival barker with a microphone in hand for the entire night, you know, hopping on the mic during matches sometimes. But mm-hmm. it just has a very different feel from everything. In fact, the most recent one that they did was a heavy metal concert at the same time as a wrestling show. Like they had okay. a live band on the stage playing music to the matches at times incredible it's just it's so different and then you have a company like glam slam that leans more towards sort of the burlesque side of things but is still putting on very story driven wrestling matches uh i know that they had a show this past weekend where one of the matches for example was uh stanley park jogger versus rabid coyote uh mm-hmm. like it, whether they, they pull from the news, they pull from uh, pop culture. A lot of the rickshaw shows, in fact, will have like horror or sci-fi themes. And then the matches themselves are pulling from the familiar story of a movie that you've probably seen before. So you have some sort of hook line into it. I can't think of an example off the top of my head um, other than the Halloween show that was uh, here a couple weeks ago had a match that saw uh, Beetlejuice tag teaming with Lydia Dietz against a pair of demons. And the gimmick of the match was that we summoned Beetlejuice by saying his name three times at the start of the match. But Mm -hmm. midway through the match, someone villainously said his name three times again. So he disappeared. And the the whole story then is the buildup. It's like a hot tag to say Beetlejuice three times again so that he will come back in and save the day. That's sort of it's very pop culture driven. And it feels so radically different than a monthly show that has like wrestlers with gimmicks and built Mm storylines and and all that sort of thing so there's definitely room in the city uh for a number of different companies to be offering something completely different and the biggest thing beyond just you know speaking from a company perspective if you're a wrestler in this scene right now 
you have to love it because you can work all these different shows mm-hmm. and you get to kind of explore all these different sides of yourself as a performer and get to do these kind of wildly radical different sort of acting jobs on a monthly basis in addition to being the kind of wrestler that you would grow up wanting to be if that makes sense so it's a very healthy scene right now and, uh, and i i'm just having a great time watching everything going on in here that's the thing you know it's definitely it's different but it's fun and that's what wrestling should be now you know you you listed quite a few of the promotions going on including with new who has really stood out to you uh as far as the talents to keep an eye on mm-hmm uh, well, I, I've obviously mentioned Judas Icarus and Travis Williams and uh, Elliot Beef Boy Tyler. I know he, he's trying to shed the Beef Boy moniker, but I think that's <laughs> going to hang on him for a few years anyways, especially as we get back to the Commodore where people just love chanting beef, 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 beef. Uh, but a, a group that I've been really impressed with uh, is the tag team State of Emergency mm-hmm. uh, with with uh, Wolf and DeVille. And um uh, that's Miles DeVille and Sebastian Wolf. And uh, th- those are two guys who I actually saw State of Emergency perform just prior to the pandemic at an ECCW show out in New Westminster. And it was a different tag team than it was currently. And those two guys apparently had something of a falling out right before the pandemic happened. Uh, but actually, originally, apparently it was a trio and one of the guys left and it's just two of them left now. Uh, but yeah, Sebastian and Miles, very talented. They have heel charisma, which is different from babyface charisma. And I feel like is almost a more elusive kind of charisma in mm-hmm. a way where they are so magnetic, but also so hateable at the same time. Uh, this is a funny story that I love telling about Sebastian. And I actually told it to him, uh, to his face a, a couple of weeks ago and he was howling with laughter. Uh, but I remember uh, dragging one of my friends out to NEW2. Like I told him, he's a huge wrestling fan. He missed the first show. I was like, bud, you got to come. It's it's such a fun product. We have so many good talents. You can have a great time. He came up to me at the intermission of NEW2 and goes, I, I think Sebastian Wolf is legitimately my high school bully. <laughs> <laughs> I told Sebastian about it and brought up who the guy was. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> He's like, I'm not that guy anymore. I used to be a big piece of shit. You think this is slicked back? This is pushed back um, for you. It's always uh, I think you should leave fans out there. Uh, but but uh, that like he just those guys have it as heels. Mm-hmm. They, and they have it as far as their look goes. They have really hotly designed gear. They have a great logo. It's just like there's so many things that you need to to have in addition to just baseline ring talent. Uh, and it's hard to have that full package in terms of do you have an eye for design? Can can you manage your own branding? So on, etc. Um, I really think that State of Emergency is a tag team that you will be hearing about coming out of the BC scene here mm-hmm. over the next little while. Um, and and in addition to them. Uh, there's two guys, uh, Gorilla Shug and Coco Flash, who make a Illa tag team called Illa Tribe. I really like those guys as well. Uh, mm-hmm. They're big time sweethearts and they have a great style uh, in the ring. They're ton of, tons of fun. They had a great match against the Bollywood Boys at NEW2. They're mm-hmm. the Bollywood Boys' first return match out of WWE in five and a half years. And they got to work against these two hot young kids. And, and it, man, it's so great even to see the Bollywood Boys come back. Like, obviously would love to see them continually be in one of those top touring companies. Um, and I know they got a lot of friends in AEW, so who knows? Maybe Tony Khan makes the call at some point to add a little Indian flavor to his tag division. I know that that is a company, clearly, as you look at the success currently of, uh, <laughs> of uh, oh, oh, who am I trying to think of right now? Um, uh, Leo Rush. Uh, as you look at, as you look at what he is doing uh, with, um, the, the, the team that he has at the moment with Dante Martin, mm-hmm. like this is clearly a company that doesn't care about size. If you Not can work, you can work. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Bollywood boys can work and they never really got a chance in WWE beyond being Jinder's lackeys because of how big they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're great talents in the ring and they're coming back to a scene now, six years later where. 
you have all these tag teams like State of Emergency. You have all these tag teams like Illa Tribe, these hot young talents. Heck, even, uh, you know, Elliot Tyler and Judas Icarus team together as a team called the Strays. Those two guys are enormously talented. I would love to see the two of them go head to head with the Bollywood boys. There's so many incredible matchups you can have now because the scene has developed uh, beyond what it once was. But yeah, um, I, I like I like both of those tag teams a lot. I already shouted out Evan Rivers. I think that's a guy you're definitely going to be hearing about uh, mm-hmm. going forward. But um, you know, th- there's just there's somebody every single show who catches my eye, and and I think to myself, well, I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're gonna you, there there's there's just so much talent here, not just in British Columbia, but right across the country right now. And the fact that we are able to pull from right across the country, if there's somebody who catches the eye of NEW management, they are not afraid to go out and grab, uh, for example, a Taylor Rising, who is based out of, I think, Ottawa. But she was out here working the rickshaw show a week and a half ago uh, and tagging in the main event of that show. Uh, I, I would be shocked if you do not see Taylor Rising as a women's talent. Uh, on TV in the years to come working for uh, some kind of televised promotion. She's enormously talented. Um, and, and, and that's funny to, to just think that like, it's not just the local darlings here in Vancouver. It's, it's anybody who's exciting right across the country. There's a good chance you're going to see them pop up in an NEW ring at some point. And I think there's nothing more that the fans can ask for a promotion, bringing in the best Canadian talent, the best talent in independent wrestling, bringing them Dude. into their town. We got to see Josh Alexander at the last show, mm-hmm. like two weeks before he was set to go work the match against Christian for the uh, Impact World Championship at Bound for Glory. He worked a very uh, physical match that ended with a huge table spot against Travis Williams, which is an outstanding match. Those two guys put on a corker. And to think that wasn't even the main event of that show, you know, uh, we are just flush with talent and just so lucky uh, with what we've been able to do. And and who our management here at NEW is willing to go out and get, because uh, I'm sure that there were a lot of people vying for the talents of Josh Alexander. And he decided, you know what, I've never been to Vancouver before. Why not? Well, Josh, Josh Alexander will be making his return to Winnipeg for Winnipeg Pro Wrestling January 13th, if I'm not mistaken. He's wrestled here before. So, I mean, I'm stoked to see him live for the first time. So it should be really good. Dude, you are in for a treat. I was expecting good things just because, you know, he's one of those guys who makes people excited about impact again, which mm-hmm. is a hard thing to do at this stage when there's so much wrestling to watch, not just uh, in terms of the big major TV companies, but when you have all this indie wrestling at your fingertips online now as well, it it's really hard for, for someone to be like, yes, I do want to go out of my way and watch impact television this yeah. week, but he makes people do it, man. Mm-hmm. I've, he's made me do it a few times mm-hmm. and he, you're going to have a great time watching that guy. I guarantee you. Justin, where can everyone find you uh, online? All that fun stuff. NEW, where can they find that? Uh, you can find NEW at N-E-W Wrestling Inc., I think is our Twitter handle, uh, which I know is like ATM machine. You uh, are saying wrestling twice there. Uh, it's Nation Extreme Wrestling Wrestling. But uh, <laughs> hey, that's the Twitter handle we have. Uh, you can find uh, them on Instagram at the same handle. That is where a number of the announcements come down as far as what's coming uh, in the months ahead and forthcoming shows and different talents that have been uh, we've come to terms with is mm-hmm. what Rob loves to say uh, when he announces someone who's going to be working for the company for the first time. Uh, and you can find me at Justin Morris. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-M-O-R-I-S, one R, one S in Morris. And I don't want to uh, spill the beans too badly here, but it's already been teased on the NEW Instagram and Twitter account. We're going to have a, a new show coming up, a new monthly show called NEW Afterglow. And uh, it's going to be on the downtown bar strip every single month. And uh, yours truly is going to be heavily involved with it. I can't say anything more than that at the moment, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it there and say that there's an exciting announcement to come, even if I might not be able to fully spill the beans until January of 2022. But uh, big things coming for this company, big things coming for me, hopefully, fingers crossed as well. We'll see. Perfect. Justin, I'm stoked for you guys. Love what NEW has been doing so far, and I'm very excited for the future for you guys. I can't wait.
And I know I told you to do it, Blair, but I will uh, tell your audience now as well. If you have not seen these shows, they are on YouTube for free. This is a company that is taking its broadcasts very seriously, very professionally. Our goal is to hopefully get on Canadian television, even if that's just Czech TV locally here in British Columbia. We want to have a TV product and we put the polish in to make sure it looks like that uh, already, even if we're not there right now. Uh, and we just want to grow the company as much as possible. So this is not a product that you have to pay for if you want to watch it. These are not IPPVs. They are free right now on YouTube. Just search Nation Extreme Wrestling. Uh, just Google it. And the, the YouTube uh, channel will come up. Probably it's probably easier than finding it on YouTube itself. But NEW1 and especially NEW2, these are just for an independent show and for NEW1 to be our first show ever. I'm so proud of these shows uh, and, and just so enormously thrilled to be a part of them at all. And I strongly recommend if you are a pro wrestling fan and you want to see what's going on here in the scene in British Columbia, and you want to see these hot young talents that I've been touting coming out of Vancouver right now, go give a look to these shows. They're about three hours long. You will not regret it. It is time much better invested than watching any episode of Monday night raw at this point. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> awesome. Justin, thank you so much for this. Oh, dude, my pleasure, Blair. It's always a treat talking with you. Thank you so much to Justin for stopping by the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely check out the NEW Twitter. Uh, follow along. They're doing their their shows this weekend and into next weekend. Hopefully they'll put them up on YouTube for us to see, but no guarantees. But nonetheless, check them out. They're doing great things out west. Just another fantastic promotion doing stuff, making making headlines on the Canadian wrestling scene, and you really love to see it. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, just promoting all the, you know, some of the positive aspects of wrestling, just getting out the uh, getting out the word because there's so many great talents out there, so many great wrestlers that I like to be able to have this as a platform to, uh, to share their stories and just talk wrestling. So very stoked for what they're doing out there. Thank you to Justin for stopping by, but also thank you for listening to the podcast. I will say it every time. I truly appreciate it. It means a lot to me that you take time out of your day and just listen to me ramble about wrestling. So thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, for all the uh, all the socials and all that, I'll get to that uh, up on Twitter at GreenmakerPod. So throw me a follow up on there. Let's shoot the shit. Talk some wrestling. Uh, email GreenmakerPodcast at gmail.com. Drop me a line, questions, comments, concerns. Let me know who you'd like to see on the on the podcast. I'd love to bring them on. Up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If it's you're on a podcast streaming thing that uh, it's not up there, let me know and I'll do my best to uh, get it up on there for you. And up on Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Throw it a like. I just toss talk. I just toss matches up there I like and just little bits of uh, wrestling stuff just to have fun with it. So, okay. So thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I had a great time. I truly appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk soon.